Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One artist. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Handsomeites, how you guys doing out there? Hey. Robbie had a little meltdown there. Yeah, I did. At had some had some troubles. I did. They're gone now. They are gone. Pushed all that rage down into my stomach. Mm-hmm. I'm That's cover, where it goes. I'm gonna cover it with food later. Yep. It, it's gonna come. It's gonna become a bezoar in your stomach. It'll cure poison later. But we'll have to we'll have to kill you and take it out though. So sorry. That's I, that's what's gonna happen. Well, you said sorry. It's okay then. Yeah. You apologized. It's fine. I didn't even say sorry. Not sorry. I know you said real sorry. Mm-hmm. Real sorry. What about Canadian sorry? Sorry. 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 I'm, I'm too white trash to say that. Like, is that your official official ethnicity? It's become that. That's that's what I say. I was talking with my trainer today about ketchup flavored potato chips, and he's like, "That sounds horrible." And he's like, "Yeah, I would live off of them. That's that's who I am. I'm I am absolutely white trash enough to not only eat but love ketchup flavored potato chips. Yeah, I don't. I, I that doesn't sound good to me. It, it's it's the it's literally the best thing ever. I I'll I'll love you for you being you. You you do you. So ketchup flavored potato chips. I will not be eating them. Yeah, I know. I, I realized the first time I had them that they were dangerous. It's like, like, I will never do this again. Wow, this heroin's really good. I should never do this again. Uh, yeah, that's basically, that was basically my reaction. Okay. So, how about some comic books? Let's talk about some comic books. Let's, let us do that. It's time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show when Eric and I will talk about the week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Well, listen to us, right? That's why you're listening to this podcast, right? Or maybe you just like make fun of us behind our backs. That's also acceptable. That's I fine. Find that hilarious. Yeah, that's fine too. I mean, as long as I you're want, listening, I want, honestly. I, I, I know. I want. I want that. I want that Twitter account where someone's just like, "Look at these dicks." Subtweets. We talk about books. Ugh. We are not Ugh. famous enough to be subtweeted. I guess so. That's such a strange thing. Uh, I'm not as. Yeah, I'm not as famous as Steve Jobs. You are not as famous as Steve Jobs. To, to get a an account made about me? Not yet. Maybe eventually. Just keep working. Eventually. Yeah. Uh, our first book this week is from DC. It is actually Detective Comics, so DC, DC. Because that, that's what D- DC stood for, right, Eric? Is that the... Uh, I believe that's what it was, right? It was Detective Comics, and now it's mm-hmm. DC's Detective Comics. I'm sure it's 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 also direct current. But I don't think that applies in this scenario. No. Uh, 
Uh, Detective Comics number 42, written, well, story by Francis Manipal and Brian Buccioletto. Brian Buccioletto on script and colors. Fernando Blanco on art. And I'm still having trouble. Wes Abbott on letters. <laughs> Font on the credits page by Pizza Dude. <laughs> yes. Graffiti. Uh, it's the, uh, the airbrush dude at the mall. Mm-hmm. Did, did the font for the credits. But well, he uh, got his hands broken first. Yeah. This is, uh, seeing this book, Detective Comics, which we both really enjoyed before, uh, kind of entered the Jip Gordon as Batman era. Now he's Mecha Batman. Uh, but it's also kind of a shift in focus where, uh, the old book before Convergence was on, you know, Bruce Wayne and was more, I guess, bigger and kind of, I mean, the colors was, were crazier, but I, now that Manipal is not doing the art anymore, it has, it has gotten more subdued, and the story itself is focusing more on ground level, on uh, Bullock mm-hmm. and Montoya and Gordon himself and their, like, relationship in the police. Uh, and it's – I wasn't sure – I didn't know what to expect from this without Manipal, but I still really like it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's impressive to be able to take mundane subject matter and still make a book look good and interesting. So – you know, I, my hat's off to you. Although I think, I think the choice of uh, uh, the misfits as villains probably helps, doesn't it? Which era misfits, though? Whatever these guys are. I don't even know because there's a bunch. Of, there's been like forty misfits over the years because they still tour. I think in some in some way, shape, or fashion with one of their lead singers, maybe Jerry Only. I forget if he's still their lead. If he was, he was a lead singer after Danzig. It's I forget their order. There's been many. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, and this artist is I. He does a really good job of mm. of of taking up. Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed Manipal's art. And the, oh yes, it was and, beautiful. Yeah, and he's, I think, shifting the focus, the book's focus a little bit helps a lot as well. Mm-hmm. He's, Batman is not fighting giant squids in this book, and there's no, and the colors are also really like it's much just simpler colors as well. It's not like those yeah. purples and pinks and gr- like neon greens you saw. They're they're realistic colors, and thankfully, there's only a few pages of stuff being uh, doo doo colors. <laughs> Mostly, it's. Uh, it's just actual nice color sophistication. I do have issues uh, when things are just sort of green and brown and gray. Yes, I'm 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 not a fan of that. I mean, even when it's appropriate, that 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 shit has to be limited. It's it's not a good idea. Yeah, but I'm I'm a buy on on this. Surprisingly enough, I wasn't sure of it, but now I'm yeah buy buy it. It's good. Yeah, I I'm I'm pretty confident on it. So double buy. Uh, next up. From DC, where where M M <laughs> is for Midnighter. Midnighter number two, written by Steve Orlando. Where's it? Page thirteen or something, probably. Come on, nine. Page nine. Uh, Alec Morgan on art. Uh, Romulo Fajardo Jr. with Alan Pasalacqua on colors and Jared K. Fletcher on letters. Uh, we were we were pretty positive about the first book, first issue. When mm-hmm. I'm. I, I don't feel like the content of this book has changed that much from that first issue. It feels like, I mean, the the writing seems roughly the same, mm-hmm. but the art is, it's a different artist and it's different. And it, yes, it kind of confused me. It confused my brain is what I'm saying. My brain yeah. got confused. Anytime there's an artist shift, it feels like the whole world is reinvented. Uh, and even when it's, 
you know, uh, positive change is not correct, but it's not a change for the negative. This is still a, a good-looking book. I like the way he draws. Um, I like the way he draws Midnighter out of costume. The the personal. Yeah. You know, just, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a dude, dude thing. Yeah. 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 He but looks. That's... I I I. It's kind of the opposite of that first issue where the the stuff in costume was really good and that stuff in out of costume felt a little stilted. Yeah, it felt really. It was supposed to be sexy times and it was like here's some drawings of some men yeah <laughs> thankfully we're 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 spared that sort of rigidity it is um there are some tender moments in this but they're um i don't know it's not it's not quite from my perspective it's not quite the sexy hip young uh, book that I want it to be, but I feel like it's finding its way there. Like it's not, it's it's not quite there. Yeah. All that being said, it's it's. I mean, we're we're really on the same page that they would have to do a lot wrong and or cancel the book to get me to not want to read it. Yeah, it, but, the potential here is very good, and I, I you can see it in here. I really hope they find an artist and then. It stays with that artist because they, they credit ACO and all the advertising. It's very strange. You put out a giant advertisement for this book in all your comics, and then the second issue is not the artist that is they say it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's that's not good advertising, but it's not bad. It's just I don't. I think this once this book gets its hopefully can get its feet underneath it and kind of I it has a good premise. It has good ideas. Yeah. It's just missing just a little bit, but I, I am on board just for the potential there. I, I can see it. So I'm a buy. I, I am a buy as well. You know, I could, I could throw some mush in there because I do have, I do have my problems with it. Yeah. But it's still, it's still a solid book. So yeah, I'm a buy. Okay. So double buy guys. You, you can hear what we're mm-hmm. saying, right? Yeah. 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 It's yes. It it they're not they're not tanking it. They're not doing no. a bad job. No. They can they can take this to some heights and I want to see them achieve that. Yeah. Uh next up is our indie book of the week is uh in honor of Canada Day. <laughs> Came out on Wednesday which was Canada Day. Yes. It feels like that was planned. It, they might have thought about this. Might have. Went... Just one, just an instant. It is, uh, the new book, uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn, art by Steve Scrosse, colors Matt Hollingsworth, phonographics on letters and design, with Eric Stevenson as coordinator. I'm mean, fairly means he just calls people and says, are you done with that page yet? But, uh, uh, elevator pitch is, it's the future, a hundred years in the future, and America has, a. Uh, one, it basically won its war with Canada. It's, mm-hmm. I, but it, I don't, it, there's freedom. There's people in Canada still that are kind of re- resisting. And that is who the story, the book is focusing on. It's on the, res- these freedom fighters in, in, in Canada again, under the oppressive yoke of the, of America. 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 Uh, Brian K. Vaughn knows how to write comic books. He's merciless about his hooks. He will just come at you out of nowhere. And just like uh, he will just like grab you by the head and drag you around. It's amazing. 
you are you have no choice. You are just alone. He just grabs you by the throat and you just go. It's amazing. This book is so good. Yeah. And the, the I'm really intrigued by the female main character. I really you get so little amount of time with her and you're already on board. You're already a fan. You're already like rooting for her. Like he it, it's it's such a seem like a simple thing, but you're it's executed so well. That you know that that hook you mentioned, where it's just like shunk, mm-hmm. he's got you, and oh, you're yeah. and you're rooting for her, and she's fighting robots, S- Star Imperial, Wars, uh, yes. Imperial Walkers, Star Wars robots, and cast a one a wolf. There's a wolf with him. I think it's a wolf. It's uh, it's Grey Wind. It's a dog or a wolf. It, it looks like a wolf. It's an angry dog. It's ghost. It might be ghost. Yeah, it's Hoth. We're they're on Hoth. They're on Hoth. America is the Empire. They are they're Luke Skywalker, and it looks beautiful. You should mention it's it does it does. I I thought it was interesting. You were telling me about the Burley Band comic mm-hmm. that uh, this artist uh, came up with with Jeff Darrow because it is a, it's a very Darrow esque book. It's like Jeff Darrow with self restraint, which Jeff Darrow does not have any. It's important once in a while. Yeah. Well, what did you say the book was? Uh, Doc Frankenstein. Yeah. Have you read any Doc Frankenstein? I have not read Doc Frankenstein. Oh, it's 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 good. It's bananas. Not at all like this. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I can attest to that. It's super good. This book is gorgeous. Yeah. So good. It looks really good. Uh, it's very intriguing. Very interesting. Uh, I don't think anyone needs to be told to buy new Brian K. Vaughn comics because everything he's ever written has been amazing. Yeah, this is not – there's – yes. But, I, I'm losing my perspicacity. There you go. It's buy it. Double buy. We stand on guard number one. You don't have to deal with the Windows app. I do not. Thankful. I'm so thankful for that. It's so, so, so bad. Come on, there we go. There we go. There we go. Come on, you can do it. Uh, next, our next up on to Marvel. We are reading Secret Wars number four. Mm. Uh, for all the delays they say this book is having, it seems to be coming out. At a, you know, fairly regular pace. I don't understand. Maybe, maybe it's the next issue or something. Oh, good, Comicsology. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wait, let's see if I can remember. Written and designed by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Isad Ribic. Colors by Ives Forcina. And letters by Chris the Greekalopolis. Hey, I was right. Um, we are finally seeing Doom confront the survivors from 616 and Ultimate Universe 2. Uh, with Cabal plus Reed and all his buddies. And it's great. I am really, this, this book has me hooked to this, this event has got me hooked. I'm, oh, uh, yeah. I think it, it does the thing that the good event should do it makes it feel like it matters and and i i'm sure it doesn't hurt it that the entire marvel universe is kind of riding on what happens out of this but theoretically convergence was the same thing i could not have cared less about convergence <laughs> this has got me hook line and sinker i th- i'm excited every time i see the secret wars is coming out how do you feel about Pig Thor? I like Pig Thor. I like every iteration of Thor there could possibly be. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm enjoying every kind of weird Thor that Hickman and Ribbick are putting on there. I like. Pig- I kind of. I, I kind of feel like he's not porky enough. He could be a little bit porkier. It's like pig, pig face with regular rest of him. Mm-hmm. Always, oh, he does have a tail. Yeah, and to be fair, uh, Beta Ray Bill has horse face. And Beta Ray Bill is terrifying. <laughs> but he's just an alien that looks like that, so maybe the pig guy is the same thing. I guess. He's a he, he's an alien from that Tooth and Claw comic. I talked about uh, that comic with uh, Juan Hoke Ornito. When, did he have any thoughts? No, he didn't even know what I was talking about. Okay. He I, hadn't seen it, and I said, it's like this, but not as good. That's there's but there's not very many things that are as good as Black Sad though. That is true. Black Sad's really good. Black Sad's really really good. Uh, but I like this comic. I I'm fairly certain, and most people who are listening to this are probably going, yeah, they're either already bought it or not ever gonna buy it. But yeah, I if you not, I would say that even if you don't like big event comics, this is you think this is is this shaping up better than Infinity was. Infinity got a little messy and was a little too condensed. This has kind of just the right amount of breathing space, and I think the story is told very well. I I think it's honestly it's masterful. I I am stunned when it's as good as it is. Yeah, Doom and Re- like the Doom and Richards thing is so great. Oh man, it's so good. It's so on point. It's ridiculous. I and I'm so excited. Like that's the thing I'm so excited about is the what Reed is going to do mm-hmm. now that he's has free reign in this world. But uh, I'm a buy. He said and he said I we I mentioned he said Ribic a lot in this but he's I love everything he's done for Marvel uh and this is no exception. Still looks great. Amazing. Uh, it's glorious is what it is. Yeah, his his work is top notch. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that he got this book to do. Like I'm glad he gets the high profile job from this because he from all that stuff he did with Thor and God of Thunder with Jason Aaron was great and it really makes this book feel as epic as it should. Mm-hmm. But buy total total buy. So double buy Secret Wars number 4. Uh lastly uh, our last book of the week, our last Marvel book, is Red Skull, number one. Uh, Battle World Red Skull, whatever you want to call it in there somewhere. Uh, come on. At least the credits are on the front page. Uh, written, Joshua Williamson. Art, Luca Pizzari. Colors, Rainier Burrito. Letters, Clayton Cowles. Uh, mm-hmm. This is kind of stealing ideas from multiple different things. Like the idea of the shield, this giant wall. <laughs> this is it, it literally is the wall from game of thrones yeah and they're still zombies they're just super zombies instead of frost zombies basically and but then it also takes stuff like it doom sends out like a thunderbolts-esque team to find red skull or at least find his corpse if he's not dead if he's if he's not alive which they they're not sure what to make of it but Despite all those, like, it, it clearly has its influences on its sleeve. It's like, it's not hiding any of those things. No. But I still like it. I still think it's fun. Mm. I, I, it's odd that I, I'm as down on this as much as I am. Like, I, I read through it and I'm like, it's a comic. It's fine. I mean, I, I enjoy it. I'm not, it's the kind of book that I'm not running out of my way to recommend to anyone. 
I like the source material that it's obviously drawing on. Um, you know, we, we had mentioned, um, next wave a little bit, but certainly Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts is very obvious, which is hit or miss for me. It looks good. The art is very, very fun, nice, expressive line work and interesting stylization. It just sort of leaves me cold, but it's not a bad book. I think there are better things to spend your money on. So I'll say I'm a buy on this, but I'm completely mushy on it. There's, there's better ways to spend your money. So this is, this is, this for me is a buy with a five out of five on the mush meter. I'm a, I'm a solid buy on it. The art actually looking at it, I think it's second to me only to Weird World, which Mm -hmm. I think Weird, Weird World is gonna stand up to further reading like out after this event is over because it doesn't, it's so strange and not contingent on Marvel. Mm -hmm. Uh, this book is, looks like a lot like just a weird alternate universe story. I'm, yeah. The thing that most intrigues me is the fact that Red Skull is like a hero almost, mm-hmm. which he has never been ever in any kind of story. Well, the Nazis are someone's hero. Yeah, that's the. Uh, it's, I'm interested to see how that works, if at all, uh, especially with Bucky on the team, Winter Soldier, who hates him, and Magneto, a victim of the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's it's very intriguing to me, but. Uh, that, we can average it out. That's a buy with a 2.5 on the motion meter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it is what it is at, yeah. at the certain point. Um, you want to talk about Airboy number two, Eric? I do. I do. We can resume our talk about, about that little, that little strange book. Yeah. Um, for those who are not aware, uh, we t- we reviewed the first issue. Uh, we were a buy on it. I I mm-hmm. really liked it. Um, it's weird, gorgeous artwork, a very strange and interesting concept, and I I thought it was a, a really well done number one. Yeah, two came out this week. I have not read it yet. Eric has. I wasn't sh- I I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about it, so I didn't. I, didn't. I should have probably set aside time and read it. But the, the gist of it is, James Robinson himself is a character in his own book. And it is clearly a depraved, exaggerated, monstrous version of himself. And in this issue, he made some transphobic comments that uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, that upset people. And I, I don't think that – I don't even think – Well, he, the, the character did. Well, even – the way I remember it, mm-hmm. and I might be wrong, and I would kind of – maybe we can touch back on this uh, once you read it, and mm-hmm. then maybe we can, uh, we can have an extended talk about it. <sighs> But uh, he didn't even say anything. Like, let me see if I can find what he uh, he said in it. Why did it not have it downloaded? I think he says, in my mind, in her mind, she's a woman. But they use, I don't, it's not a nice word to say, so I'm not going to say it. The mm-hmm. T word. Correct. They say it in, they say it, well, several times, honestly. Um it, it, it's it's I'm not exactly thrilled with the things that they said and the things that I, I don't know. I'm not thrilled about the way the books handled it. I'm also not thrilled about the internet shame police um basically saying that this needs to be censored and g- going out of their way to 
get in a, I mean, I don't know. I think it is very gracious that he, he apologized. You've, you've read the apology now? Yes, I've read the apology. And it is, yeah, I, I think he does, and he doesn't say, he, he regrets that it hurt people's feelings and, yeah. He, and I think he addresses kind of how we feel about it in that mm-hmm. he wants to be able to tell the story the way he wants to be able to tell it, but it's also a difficult place where he wants to also have, he is all for inclusivity. Mm-hmm. In the comics medium, and it's, I think it does a good job in explaining the difficult position he is in. Uh, well, a lot of artists are in where they want it, where this character is a monstrous dude. He's not a good guy. You're not, you're, it's an examination of an artist who is kind of on the end of his rope and is depraved. So you're not supposed to, he's not supposed to be likable. And how you address that in art without him doing bad things and saying bad things is difficult. Like yeah. I, him punching down and making, you know, insulting, uh, uh you know, a minority group, uh, the, the trans community in general is, you know, it's mm-hmm. supposed to make you hate him. I, from what I've got, I mean, it's a difficult position where, Comics are like act like are on the road to being one of the most inclusive mediums in art. Yeah, in like it's a complete 180 from what they used to be, mm-hmm. where it was exclusively for white dudes of who were in their 20s, and now as they've gotten older with comics, it's older guys too. But and now, they still never they still not talk to a girl. That it's possible. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like I. Generally, I'm, I'm against, like, I don't like people using the word social justice warrior. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. I hate mm-hmm. that phrase. These, uh, it's okay for people to be offended. I, I don't, I don't mind the phrase. I think it's hilarious that people own it. Well, that's what I mean. But I, that's funny to me, but the people yes, who don't, absolutely. who say it unironically, no, no, that's like the, the thing. Yeah, the, the people that use it as a slur is pretty <laughs> shitty. Yeah. Which I think that it's, I think it is, I think it's kind of rad to be social justice warrior person, but to, to be internet shame police is kind of fucking shitty. And I don't believe in censorship in art or media. Not really, but it, it, it's a, it's a complicated and nuanced position. I don't, to echo what you've been saying, I don't think that I don't think that the story has been handled artfully enough. Uh, me having read it, you, you have not yet read it. Right. I don't, I don't think he, he did it quite right. I think it could have been handled better. Um, I don't know what it would have looked like any other way. That's the, I think that's the hardest part about all this. Yeah. Is that I think that's a defense, an easy defense a lot of the time for people oh, yeah. because I mean, but these people are paid to be creative. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree that sometimes like just be more creative, make, do something else. But uh, it's, it's, I don't, when I know people's hearts are in the same place mm-hmm. in the right, I mean the right place, I should say. Like when yeah. I, when I understand James Robinson, I've listened to interviews with him. I've, I've heard people, him talk about this subject, not specifically this, but inclusivity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the same mm-hmm. thing with the Batgirl creative team. They are, they are not trying to be offensive to the, they are trying, they, they don't want to not be inclusive. Yeah. They're trying to make the best book that they can. Yeah. And I, there is being 
very defensive of a very beaten up minority group on one hand and transsexuals are universally despised and it's terrible and sad and it causes suicides and it's it's brutal it's horrible um but it's i think it's something that it will work itself out yeah i think they're a little too eager to hold it to an impossibly high standard either that or people are just a little too sensitive about it right now it, it's it's a tricky subject because i i i as a the most represented person like you know yeah rep, I, i'm a dude i'm in my late 20s i am white i am straight i am like the most thing that happens in mm-hmm. fiction yeah but I whenever someone starts saying you can't do this in art, yes, that it's is problematic. It's, yeah, it is, and it's a fine line there that is I I can't I can't necessarily delineate between what is what should is good to criticize and what is not. Is some things are very easy to recognize as that's bad, mm-hmm. but something like this is very close to that line, and it's hard to separate mm. and. I'd rather, I don't know. It's tough. But I, 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 his apology, I think James Robinson was, he, he, his apology was very good. He, he, yeah. He, he wrote a, a very eloquent thing. He responded quickly. It's Sunday now. It came out on Wednesday. He yeah. talked, he talked to Glad about it. So I, I was posted on like glad.com. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I think. It's gonna, this is like the, with comics being more, you know, inclusive and trying to represent more people, these things are gonna happen. And as it happens more and then less, it will be, I think we'll iron out these Mm -hmm. things as a, as a community. All of us. All of us comics readers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still gonna read Airboat 2 and probably the continuing series, but. I, yeah. I had actually, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm which is uh, funny considering how much uh, how much the book is about blowjobs. Um, but I, I see no reason to stop reading it. But there is some vitriol being slung about this book. Yeah. I, there I absolutely is. Recognize that you should never try and paint as just black or white. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, well, people don't have brains that understand nuance. I'm like that's that's the way the internet works now or the way society works now is people are amazing and then they do something human and then they're the worst possible they're worse than Hitler. Yeah, it's it's just one thing. Robinson yeah. is uh, everything I've ever read from him has been fairly innocuous. I mean it's mm. it's usually I mean Starman was was great and all of his super i mean some of his super stuff's hit miss but i still like him as a creator and this is i just like it because it's not superhero stuff it's very different it's very strange and experimental for a guy who's known for super stuff but yeah okay what ready to move on eric yeah yeah we can we can do that so that's it for weekly floppies for this week we always we'll be back there next week hitting it again uh it is time for checking in uh, checking in the part show, Eric and I will talk what we've been up to. Talk about what we've been up to. Let me say that in actual words, not just a, a one slur sentence. Mm-hmm. Talk about what what we've been up to during the week. Uh, make recommendations. Tell you guys check out stuff. 
Uh, do you want me to start, Eric? Do you want me to start? Oh, I can start. Mine's oh. going to be brief. Okay. I was actually intending to talk about Airboy for, you know, as part of checking in and okay. the whole, the whole kerfluffle, but we've done that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep it brief. I'll just talk about one thing. Okay. It's a fun little book that I bought, uh, from Kyle Starks at, uh, at Heroes Con. He was very happy to talk to me <laughs> before I had bought anything and then seemed really weird about talking to me after. But he's made a good book. It's called Sex Castle. Are you familiar with it? I, I I've not read it, but I a lot of uh, Kyle Starks is a friend of the two dudes who do War Rocket Ajax, mm-hmm. a comic book podcast that actually got me into podcasting, kind of. Okay. And they talk about it a lot. So I I am I've I've seen the art. I've seen that stuff. Uh, he actually I just he just launched a Patreon. He did uh, Starks. So if you guys. I- He's a neat guy, actually. Yeah. He's uh, also, well, he claimed he was friends with uh, uh, Erica Henderson. Mm-hmm. They're all in the I, same. They're all in the same crew. All those people are they? Yeah, they they, they roll together. Yep. But uh, Sex Castle, uh, I, I guess, just to sort of spiel it out, he's he's an insane snake plissken ripoff that kills people with nunchucks that shoot bullets. <laughs> yep, it's good. It is a stupid, like, bad action movie pastiche. Like, there's a, there's just a page of, like, all these villains that they're introducing. And you just look at it and you're like, that guy's Steven Seagal. That guy's, uh, Van Damme. That's Hulk Hogan. That's Mr. T. And, oh God, what is, uh, like, Hulk Hogan's called, uh, uh, Thunderbutt? It's, yes, yeah, good. And I, I forget what Mr. T, it was Club or something, but I mean, obviously Club or Lang, or it was Blub or something, I don't know. The the jokes are really dumb, the book is very dumb, it is trying very hard to be all these things, but it's, it is a, it is a great little read, it is, it is fun. I, I would, I would certainly recommend it to you. It's his first published work done by Image, very fun, very stupid little book. Yeah, I, I've been I've been meaning to check it out. I I've been trying not to buy as many comics because until I read the ones I already have, but I I, I, I understand. I, I still am buying, so I'm yeah, I'll pick it up at some point. I'm sure. Well, we might should we might should book club it. Maybe I can lend you mine. Nah, I can't. You can read it in no time, and it's fifteen bucks. Yes, yeah, well, all right. for something like that, I generally spend the money. Spend <laughs> that, the dollars. That's the that's the kind of guy. But I would recommend it to you, particularly as I know you, you, uh, you love Snake Plissken. I do like Snake Plissken. Yeah. Despite both movies he's in, not good. Those movies yeah. are bad movies, but they're I, not supposed to be I good know. movies. Yeah, it's the same thing with this book. This is not, this is, this is not what I'd call a good book, but it's a good book. <laughs> it's fun. You know? It's enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's delightful. Yeah. You know, you know something that I will give an anti recommendation for now that I'm looking at it on my computer. Uh oh. Uh, Comic Rack. Okay. For for uh, Windows PC, not very good. I have it on my tablet and it is garbage. Okay. This is the second time I've given an anti recommendation for Comic Rack. Mm. I hated it for my Android tablet because it just keep it kept crashing, and now it's just impossible to use on this. Uh, on this here surface, I'm 
I'm still a fan of Comic Seal. It has worked very well. Oh yeah, but I can't get that i that yeah, iOS app I know, for my, my Windows computer. I know, I know. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna run an iOS emulator to to use that. That would be really strange. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, do, do not do not buy on Comic Rack okay. free download. Do not get that free thing. Yeah. Uh, I have one thing, new thing to talk about to check in very briefly. Uh, one old thing and, and a couple old things. Um. It is a, a new pod, a podcast. It's not. It's pretty new. It's a few months old now. I think uh, it started this year at some point. Uh, it is called Lore. I saw it on iTunes, featured it somewhere in their front page. I check that stuff out occasionally. It, Lore is. It's a. It's by uh, Aaron Mankey, who is mm-hmm. a, an author. He writes supernatural thrillers. He also. He, that's it. He, I believe he also has a, a different day job. Um, but this book kind of explores uh scary folk stories and there i mean in each episode like one is about vampires and one is about werewolves and etc like that but he kind of goes back to the real life stories that created these things and it's very interesting like he talks about the legacy of vampires like the first american like the very first news story in america about someone being worried someone's going to come back as a vampire or why werewolves were a thing, you know, like, and things like that. Just, like, it is it is about folklore and this, the real-life kind of stories about that inspired some of these, you know, the, the tropes that we're kind of just used to now. Like, we don't even think about vampires and werewolves. Like, they're just things that are in mm-hmm. fiction. But it is goes back, hun- he goes, like, hundreds of years ago. There's a really interesting story about uh, a mine uh, that, a mine was it they were digging a railroad tunnel or something like that and it was just these really interesting stories i think that's the most interesting part about that that these news stories are actually interesting in and of themselves and then what tracing the line from them to us believing certain or at least us used to believing these things as real life things is really interesting so i definitely suggest it there and they're short episodes like 20 minute episodes Hmm. And he, he does a really good job. Like he, I, you know, write, they're by, every two weeks they come out and they're really kind of very simple, but really entertaining. I'm really enjoying it. I've, you can catch up very quickly. I think there's only about eight episodes out, something like that. But you know, they're very short. So it, I, that's more and more. I'm trying to find podcasts that not necessarily super long, but they're just good. They don't have to, you know, be two hours of, of something to it, it. This is, it's clearly written to and designed to be a short bite that is good. And, and I would definitely suggest it for anyone, really. For anyone who likes storytelling and stuff like that. Um, I played more Arkham Knight, despite it not really being fixed at all. They they released a patch. It it fixed very broad things, it, but it still runs roughly the same for me. I the story kind of let me down a little bit. Hmm. The central mystery of who the Arkham Knight is. Yeah. Is not what I wanted it to be, or even what I hoped it, like, it didn't go a direct, it went in a direction that is not exciting to me. Hmm. I'm not gonna spoil it, besides, I felt disappointed by it. I was a little let down, and the fact that if they're gonna, if that's gonna be how the story, if that mystery is kind of the central conceit of the story, it should have ended the game. That should be the last thing that happens. I I haven't finished it. I have a feeling I know where it's going, and that is even more. The fact that I can predict it so well, that's 
Also, uh, Eric, Eric has been, and I've been even worse. I, more heroes, mm-hmm. heroes of the storm. I, you are, you, you have gone up like seven or eight levels since I've seen it. I'm shocked at how much you've been playing. Well, your brother is enabling me because he's always there to play with. I know you're enabling him. You guys are terrible. <laughs> We're probably going to get right off of this podcast and, and play heroes, aren't we? If you want to. I kind of do want to, but me too. I kind of don't want I to. I do. I want to get Tyrand up to well, Tyrand. I don't know how to say her name. Tyrande? Tyrand. Tyrand. It's it's Tyranda. 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 Okay, I want her to get her to level five, probably. I'm trying to get Zeebs up to level ten so I can get his master skin. What you need to do is ask Matt, who will gladly correct you on how to pronounce these fucking made-up names <laughs> of elf culture. He's in France right now, so I can't really do anything about it. He's in France telling the French people how to pronounce elf words. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he's in he's in Versailles and someone he just he overhears someone talking. He's like, That's not how you say Muradin. Yeah. Let me go speak in broken French to you about how to pronounce characters' names correctly. But yeah. Uh, Heroes of the Storm, I'm like fully engaged now. We all bought the uh the starter kit. Yeah. Stem packs. Yeah, that's. Did you buy two stem packs? I bought this the starter kit, which comes with one, and then I bought a real one, a thirty day one. Oh God, I thought you bought a another seven day one. Well, seven days four dollars, a thirty day is ten. Six more dollars, you get three more weeks. Yeah. That only it only makes sense to spend money on something that's not tangible. Yes, it does. Buy buy virtual hats. Some of them are really nice. Yep. I'm kind of glad I don't like Rainer because I just end up buying his Captain I, America one. I I know I, I I keep seeing it and I keep thinking that's got Robbie all over it. Just I just don't like Rainer. Don't like playing as him very much. No, he's he, I hate him too. He's terrible. I've seen people play him well, but I just can't. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so lore Batman, but it's if it really if it was really represent representative of the time I've spent, it'd be like eighty percent heroes. A 19% Batman, 1% lore. But lore is the new thing. I'm okay. gonna subscribe. To the heroes, uh, to lore? You should. It's yeah. Fine. It's good. I'm going, I'm going to. It's fine. Uh, so, I think we're good with that, right, Eric? We're good? Yeah. As much as we can be. As much as we can be. So it's time, finally, for our final segment. It's time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is a part show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work. Comic comic book work. We're not, we're not reading like War and Peace or anything, unless they make a War and Peace comic. If they do, we're so there. Tolstoy's good. Well, I like I like Tolstoy. Really does seem like classic literature comic books. Like if that was a thing, I'd be all about it. That'd be a, that'd be great. They did they they have those like long ago, but they weren't. Yeah, they weren't I mean, very good. I'm I, I'm gonna say I I mean that, but good. Yeah. I, like yeah. when I when I ask for something, I don't want it, but shit. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, this week we're doing Usagi Yojimbo Grass Cutter by Stan Sakai. Uh, Usagi Yojimbo running for like twenty five years, all by that one dude. And I felt yeah. yeah, it's kind of a thing where there's it's just one little niche in comics that. I've never read and I felt like I should. And Grass Cutter has been recommended as like the, the one you should read. Uh, it's the, one of the best ones, the volumes of these, although I have a feeling that most of these are of really good quality anyway. Mm-hmm. He's and, clearly putting a lot of work and thought into this. Uh, I mean, if you look at his bibliography 
at the end of this book, it's quite extensive. He's really thinking this thing out. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of this is based on actual Japanese history. A lot it's, of it, uh, a lot of it taken from the Kojiki, which he does reference. Yeah, and it's it's just the all animal characters. Mm-hmm. It's not he. He actually. It, it's funny enough. It, you read in the the back matter and this that he had was planning on doing this or what? Did I read this? Maybe it was online. I read it, but I read it somewhere. He was planning to make it just people, like just do yeah. it with people. But then he drew rabbit ears on the main character, and he's like, I like how that looks. Yep. And so he went with that. Uh, this particular chapter is about a mystical, mythical, mystical sword called the grass cutter. Uh, the a sword so powerful it shapes uh, nations, and that's kind of how this story goes. Is that this sword is in the middle where, and it's politic politically charged, where mm-hmm. you have a a young emperor trying to be unseated by different, there's a, you know, uh, a shogun and different, you know, these rebels, if you want to call them that. I don't even know the correct necessarily word for them, but guys who want to unseat them. By then, there's you know, there's yeah. a lot of different people all trying to get the same thing, trying to get this sword because it will. Give them the power they want. Yeah, they want to unseat the shogunate to re- to bring the emperor back into power. Yeah, and it's I don't I it's very good. I I mean I I didn't mm-hmm. know I've never read this. I I've never read any Usagi Jim. I've only seen a, seen it, heard of, of it, but I've never read it. And I'm I was really enthralled by it. I was really engaged with this. Like, at first, I was like, because he's not afraid of using a lot of Japanese terminology. I think of, it's a little, I think it's a little opaque in, in particularly at the beginning. Yeah. Like, I, I think that it's the clunkiest at the beginning. Uh, I have actually read large sections of the Kojiki, but this was like in college. And this is, this is actually some of the, one of the best representations of it I've seen. Really? It's very clear, but it also shows you just how convoluted and weird Japanese mythology is. Yeah. Because it's the, the parts that I've read, they're just like that, but they're weirder. Like, oh, the, the two deities that make Japan with the, the water drops off the spear. The spear? Yeah. There's a part in the Kojiki, and I've, I had two translations, and one of them literally said, I have a pole and you have a hole. Wow. And yes, it means exactly what you think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it literally said those words. But the, the, I don't know. It, the other translation drifted in and out of different languages because the author was a, 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 a wanky uh, academic that thought, well, oh, this passage, the Japanese isn't really well in, uh, represented by English, so it's going to be in Latin. Did not read much of that that book. <laughs> Yeah, I, he talks about it a little bit in his back matter about how he actually he had to iron stuff out and and skip things and add things mm-hmm. to make it seem like it to make it make narrative sense. But yeah, I was a little intimidated by it going in. Like those, like you said, it's clunkiest at the beginning. But mm-hmm. once you get past that, the stuff with all the gods, all the was it kami, the, all the kami, yeah, they're all kami, all the kami. It just means somewhere between spirit and god he talks about that a little bit too he also uses the word deity yeah it's sometimes. not a direct it doesn't necessarily directly mean yeah. god but like if you if you look at, right if you look at like princess mononoke mm-hmm. which i know you've seen and yes. probably many people listening have seen it as well all the creatures 
in that. They're, they call themselves Kami, and they, I mean, they might use, like, the word Gami, the, the sort of suffix Gami, or maybe it's an honorific, I don't know. Uh, like, like, Shishigami, I think, is, like, death god or something, but the fact that it's Gami and not Kami, it still means the same thing. You know, they're, it's, they have a different view of what the word, it's, it's not like in a, a Western or even a, a pagan tradition of what God is. It's, you know, they, they would walk on earth and also travel to heavenly realms. It's, it's an interesting, very different view of things. After he explains all that stuff, it became much simpler and much more engaging, and I instantly knew what was happening. Even the even when the, there's a lot of Japanese names also, but yeah. it you kind of just get into it, and you yeah. kind of don't. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't like confuse you. It didn't confuse me, me. I I understood what was happening. Let me ask you this: Do you think it needs any of that preamble? Because I think it would be you totally get it. It's it's a MacGuffin story. Yeah. I, yeah, and you you can you can show some of that history within the context, you know, framed within the context of him looking for the sword, and I think you would get it. You're like this. I mean, it does sort of give it more power to set it up that way. Yes, I and to go back into all this stuff, but I think you can tell that within the confines of the, just framing it in the story. Yeah, I would say I pro I I kind of agree with you in that. I probably would have started with just that giant sea battle. Mm -hmm. I was started there and showing yeah, that's it, the and showing place it, to start. and showing it going to the bottom of the ocean, and then maybe weave in later how it got the name Grass Cutter, the got like how the got how it was created basically later mm -hmm. on. Because I think it does kind of weigh down the story early on with a lot of exposition, and it the story immediately gets way like that. Starting the sea battle, I'm like, okay, I'm on board. This yeah. is really interesting. This is really good. It's really fascinating. And then, but that stuff in the beginning, I'm like, is this whole thing going to be like this? I didn't think it was. I feel, and, and the, I was just, I was kind of emboldened by the fact that it kept saying prologue. I'm like, okay, it's prologue. It's not, mm -hmm. this is just filling stuff in for, you know, that you need, you quote unquote need to know. But a lot of it, you don't necessarily need to know. I think a part of it is him trying to be accurate to the history or into mythology. Yeah, and he, both. I, I think he feels a burden to try and carry it and not yeah. misre misrepresent it to like. Mm -hmm. So I understand that at least. Um, and this, but the story. I mean, all these characters. I mean, this is not that definitely not. This is in '99, so this is well into the the story's you know run. Mm -hmm. It's it's been Yusagi Jimbo was around for a while uh, before this story came out, and but it does an excellent job of. Not requiring you to have read mm -hmm. any other Yusagi Ujimbo. You, I jumped right in, knew I could identify each character, how, what kind of character they are, mm -hmm. you know, their arcs and stuff like that. It's, mm -hmm. it seems, that seems like in the age of like recap pages and, you know, stuff like that, he, he really balances, you know, showing these characters, Showing you their character without necessarily giving you just that exposition. Like, that exposition is all yeah. about the sword. It is nothing – like, you saw Yujimbo, you think with probably, uh, what, over a decade of uh, being around at this time. You would think that you would get some more, like, a story about him, but otherwise you're just like, hey, it's this uh, – he's a ronin. Uh, he's a good guy. He, he has, like, a save the cat moment where he helps those guys mm -hmm. in the earthquake. Uh, you know, stuff like that. 
I and it's really well done that I understand all these characters because there's a lot of this is a a lot of people in this story. There there are many, and I'm often surprised when Asagi runs into them and he's like, "Oh, it's you," and I'm like, "This is an existing character." Like that happened several times when the yeah. Rhino met him. Yeah. When when the monk met him, I was like, "I." These guys are established characters. I think Jay too. I think that's his name. The yeah. uh, the 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 hot topic kid. <laughs> is that what he is? Yeah. Okay. Clearly. Hot topic guy. It's not bad. I mean, it's close. Uh, yeah. It, I it makes me want to read. Like, I'm interested in this universe now. I want to go back and read mm-hmm. more of these. I want to see the stuff that happens, or because obviously, like, there's. A lot of lore here, and it does a, a great job at feeling like a fleshed-out universe while not alienating people who haven't read anything else. Yeah, I think I think honestly, at its heart, it's just it's very well done samurai drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's as good a representation of the genre as anything I've seen in in movies, comics, anything. It's a really, it's a very strange take on it, but it's done very, very well. Honestly, very reverently, very, just uh, it. It certainly is good. Yeah, it's. What do you think about the choice to have use animals? We, I, I would, like, it comes back to when we talked about Black Sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the that choice to to use animals instead of people. In this, it's not it, as directly representational necessarily as. Black yeah. Sad is. This is, uh, I don't know how to, s- it's not like, oh, they, he, the rabbit is, you know, fast or something. It, it's, mm-hmm. Usagi's a rabbit and he's, or a hare and he's fast. It's nothing like, or the rhino is big and tough. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't feel like it's like, that animal is what they are. But I don't know. It is, it, it, I would say it has a lot more in common with Black Sad than it does with the Autumn Lands. That's true. I agree with you there. I think because he uses some of those principles in the cartooning to say something about the character, I think uh, I think Usagi and and John Blacksad they'd be bros, they'd be drinking buddies. Yeah, I think so. They they they'd get along pretty well if they lived in the same time period. Yeah, they weren't. Well, they can they can time travel. He's uh, Usagi has been on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so he has. There he you. has crossed genres. <laughs> And time. Yep. He can, we need that. That's a crossover we need. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, I think Wan, Wanho would draw a mean Usagi Yojimbo. I'm, I'm fairly certain that Wanho has heard of Usagi Yojimbo. Of course he has. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google that right now. How, uh, who would you compare his style to, Eric? Gru. Gru? Okay. I think he worked on, he worked on Gru. He was a letterer. He was a letterer, apparently. yeah. He totally did do, for, I think for the Stan Sakai, uh, Usagi Yojimbo tribute, he did one, and it's effing beautiful. You should Google it. Okay. He does a really good job, as, as you would expect. There's a, there's a pretty big one. It's beautiful. He's more rabbity. Yeah, there it is. I see it. Yeah. Yeah, he looks really good. Of course he does. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. What were you in the middle of asking me before I interrupted you with art? No, it's art. It's style. How would you describe it? I mean, we 
his cartooning it's, and it, it's very yeah. I, I, it's, I don't have the it's, vocabulary. It's almost no, I mean I can I can talk about this all day. Um I mean Gru is certainly the first thing I would compare it to. This is that's another reason that I like this is that it is very unlike a lot of things that I've read and that kind of excites me that there's like this whole this whole area of solid content, stuff that is good and worthwhile that is all new to me. But I would say there's some Gru in there, probably some uh, some Mad Magazine illustrators, um, all the ones – I can't think of the guy. He's one of the ones that inspired Monkey Punch to do uh, Loop on the Third. But it's it's very, very light sort of – I don't know. There's probably some Looney Tunes in there even, honestly. But it's 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 interesting that it'll go from – a very lightly drawn panel, like where everything is very, very simple. And then all of a sudden things get really serious and the backgrounds are really lushly rendered with lots of cross hatching and the, you know, really well drawn landscapes and buildings. And it, it, it's, it's interesting how varied it is and how it feels very tied together. Some of the characters look really naive, and some of them are, like, really, really on point and well done. Like, I think the horses that he draws and the dragon at the beginning, they mm-hmm. look incredible. Yeah. You know who it also makes me think of? Who? Is um, uh, Don Rosa. Yeah, it's true. So maybe there's, some, maybe there's some barks in there. It makes sense. It would totally make sense. I'm, I really, I mean, it's... Like, there's definitely points where it's very kind of simple. Yeah, surprisingly so. But also, he knows when to kind of dial it up, mm-hmm. where it's, the like, those moments of intensity yeah. and, and clear, dramatic beats. Mm-hmm. Like, it really, like, he, he knows, like, when to hit the accelerator and really yeah. kind of emphasize those things. And you really feel the punch in those moments. And it's really, it kind of... I think sometimes the simplicity in it belies the ability. Mm-hmm. There's certainly plenty of times when he wants to really draw something. He gets in there and does it. It's almost like he's really excited by drawing, you know, the armor and the lush backgrounds and the boats and the buildings. And he, I don't want to say he hurries through it because a lot of the characters he pulls off really well. You know, they're expressive and they're interesting and they're funny. But some of them are naive and simple. But it all hangs together really well. It's very interesting. A lot of strange artistic choices. And it's it, it, it barely makes sense to me that it works, let alone works as well as it does. I feel like if I attempted some of the things that he's doing here, it would just look like a failure. But the fact that he does it and has done so, so, so much of it, is really stunning. This is not a short book. No, it's not. I was gonna say. I was gonna mention. It's dense. There's density mm-hmm. in here. It is a lot. It's pretty. It's pretty dense, and it's like two or three traits yeah. worth of pages. It's a lot of story, and saying that, it's pretty remarkable that it's this short. It yes, tells that much. It's very economical in its storytelling. Yeah, I, I felt like when it wrapped up, I was like, oh, that just ended. And you don't, it doesn't feel unsatisfying, 
But at the same time, I, it, it, it felt so big, like it was just going to keep going forever. Yeah. It, but it wasn't, it was, it was not an unsatisfying ending. It was, it worked really well. No, it's, I it's, think. it's really, it's, it has that balance of a lot. Cause this is, uh, an ongoing story for nigh on 30 years and. Yeah. It manages to finish this arc really in a satisfying way, but also gives, obviously, there's a grass cutter too. Yes, there is. Yeah. So leaving in, you know, a window open, basically shutting a door, leaving a window open. Mm-hmm. And he he does a good job. It it doesn't feel like oh well you're gonna have to read again later on to find out what that sword actually happens. You just kind of go okay. It's that's a good that under, makes that makes sense. That that makes sense to have it end in that way while also kind of filling out some threads to go explore later on. Um, what do you will I did you read the Will Eisner? Do you have a does your edition have the Will Eisner introduction in it? I believe it does. Let me see if I can get to it real quick. I did not read it, but yes, I do. That's if if it was still possible to get this man to talk about your comic, that's the guy that you would want talking about it. Yeah, and he talks a little bit about uh, about kind of the the revelation he had when he went to Japan and mm-hmm. saw the like the expanse expansive kind of cultural impact of manga. Mm-hmm. And he relates that he's this is kind of like English manga, like Western manga, kind of. Do you see, I like yes the topic is is Japanese mm-hmm. and is samurai and stuff and it's Japanese history and mythology. Do you see like but in the medium of manga to comics? Do you see this as in the in there? Something you see that in there? I think that it can fit, but I think that that's there are better examples. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean it 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 works. And that it is uh, a creator's sort of singular vision. It's one conversation uh, over many years, which that happens to a lot of the best manga. Some of them are succinct and they end after a couple of years or they go on for about a decade. Or, you know, in the case of Dragon Ball or One Piece, they go on forever and never, ever die. Um, I love Dragon Ball and One Piece. So, but yeah. Um, I, I think that, the American, the really American example of that, your guys like Paul Pope with, um, I mean, they're shorter stories. Yeah. You know, Paul Pope with Battling Boy, um, Brandon Graham with, uh, King City, Stoko, uh, with, uh, Orkstein. Um, the format is different, you know, and that they're not putting out 20 pages every week or whatever insane deadline they do in Japan. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't run on for as long, so obviously there's difference, but those are the ones. That, that's that's certainly inspired by that kind of storytelling, and it feels like the American, possibly the North American answer, as uh, a, lot, a lot of the people that have latched onto this are Canadian, like Stoko's Canadian, O'Malley's Canadian. And they're they're certainly at the forefront of of the the uh, the North American you know this American manga tradition. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, that's what I asked. I'm, I'm just because I I can you know ha- that I don't want to necessarily just because it is about Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's following a, necessarily following any kind of manga. Yeah, and I don't think or anything like that. And I don't. Yeah, and not that any of those guys do, 
because it's very it's very American. I mean, this this feels like a Japanese story, and Stan Sakai is Japanese American, born in Japan, grew up in Hawaii. Says right there. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Will Eisner really read that much manga. No, probably not. I've probably read more manga than 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 Will Eisner did. Yeah, probably. When 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 did uh, when did Will Eisner die? Two thousand five. Okay. So, depending on how his health was and what his reading habits were, I mean, there was a huge boom in the late nineties of all this stuff making it over here. I don't know that he's really gotten to see too much of it or he really was exposed to too much of it the thing that manga is culturally much more important than comic books are they're very well accepted a lot of ordinary people read manga in japan yes it's it's big business it's the kind of it's the place that i would like to see comics in america be i'd like to be able to go down the street and see people reading comics all over the place the way it's commonplace for people to read manga in japan yeah i'd like to see the breadth of genres and i mean god forbid comics marketed to different groups <laughs> they realized a lot a long time ago they could sell comics to girls and women so there have been comics for girls and women a long damn time ago yeah that's why you see a lot of more women reading manga than you do see them reading comics in general. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I think we're getting there. Yeah, we are. We're uh, getting there. Um, I'm officially a fan. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I think that I could certainly come up with some criticisms. And I think we've talked about my main one. And you, you, more, you, you agreed with me that the beginning is a little troubled, but... Honestly, it's some of the best looking art in this book. Not none of it's bad, but those first couple of books are effing beautiful. But I still think that it could have been told a little bit more elegantly. Like if I was making a movie version of this, I would start with maybe a couple minutes of that, go straight into the story, introduce Usagi as quick as possible, and then sprinkle in some of that lore as you go through the story. Yeah. To make it clear why the sword is as important as it is and what the history is and what's going to happen. Because you understand the idea of, oh, this this MacGuffin is going to change the world and I have to do something different. I have to figure something out. I never thought I'd see a rhino with a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> I would uh I would this is a good book for almost anyone. I, I wonder about the violence in it. It is. Do, do it, you think that it's too violent for kids? I don't know. It's not bloody. It's not. And it, it kind of bothers me because it's in sort of an in-between space because it feels like it should be more violent. But it's kind of it, – it's it's almost a little too violent for kids because a guy, like, gets an arrow in his head. Yeah. An arrow, like, goes through his head or through his throat or something. But there's not, like – gore or heads getting chopped off or anything that's going to give kids nightmares but it's it's got some people getting killed in it for sure i wouldn't give it to a young child but a 12 year old if i if i knew the 12 year old and went yeah, mm -hmm. i they can handle that like i don't i don't handle i don't i would generally not just give any violent anything to uh any person 
I would ask, all right, how can you handle this? Are you mature? Like, especially that mm-hmm. age. But I think it, it communicates well to a, a wide audience. And I don't think I'd give it to a young child, but a, a young teen, teenager probably could handle it. I know I probably could have handled it at 12. I was digesting much more violent stuff than this. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I, I think it's, the storytelling is so solid that, and I think, and violence is attractive. I mean, and it's, Especially at that age, you're like, it's wow, there's fights and stuff, and there's swords. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of the appeal. It's it's at a certain level. Um, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, there's no, there's not a lot negative that can be said about it. It's a damned good book. Yes, well deserving of praise from Eisner, and I think even an Eisner Award. This the story. The story won an Eisner. Yeah, for good good reasons. Yeah, anything else you want to touch on? Nope. Okay. So, folks, that will do it for this week. Uh, Nerdboy Book Club. Next week is Scalped. Jason Aaron Arangera, who actually just announced a new book at Image Expo called The Goddamned. <laughs> of course. Uh, but I, I read that first trade on Scalped. I immediately had to tell Eric to go buy it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to reading it. Uh, we're doing the first three trades. Uh, first 18 issues, Indian Country, Casino Boogie, and Dead Mothers are the name of those three trades. Um, yeah, I'm really – Jason Aaron never disappoints, and I hooked on Scalped after that first trade. Uh, yeah, I think that will do it. Do it. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Find us handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find us on iTunes. Please like us there. Rate, review, subscribe. All those things really help. Really help new people find us, which we really like. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. You can follow us, like us there. Follow us, like us on Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us, handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Any of those places, we'd like to hear from you guys. You have suggestions, uh, compliments, criticisms. We'll take them. Can find me on Twitter at MixmasterCereal. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to FreeWillUnlimited.com and see most of the other things I get up to by going to EricZGoodnight.com. Also, I have a another portfolio page. Still doesn't quite have its right home yet by going to EricZGoodnight.tumblr.com. And from there... You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mr. Bad Example, spelled M-R, Bad Example. Wow. That, hear that sound effects? Foley work mm-hmm. there. I know that was uh, a little leftover 4th of July firework. So, it's probably like the 20th of July by the time this comes out. 7th. 6th. Math. 6th. 6th. 6th or 7th, depending when you're listening to this. Uh, but with that, uh, call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Rock and roll.